the one we're at And I ain't got no kind of plan But I've had all the sound I can stand And I got friends out on the coast We can jump in the water and see what flows We've been saving for a rainy day Everybody, this is Leanna Padaka, and I am with Pueblo Connection. I hope everybody's doing well. It's been a little bit that we've been in the studio because of just the circumstances going on here in New Mexico, and so we just wanted to be safe. But I'm back in the studio. Hi, Diego. I am with royalty today. <laughs> Let me just say, I want to give a shout out to Diego and congratulate him. He got DJ DJ of the Year. 
Woohoo! At the music, at the music awards here um, that we had. So I am so excited for him. So I'm so honored to have him <laughs> keeping me on the straight and narrow. Um, and this morning, speaking of royalty, I have one of our queens here. <laughs> we have Miss Giovanna Archuleta. She's from the state. She works with the state of New Mexico. And oh my goodness, I know I'm going to get this. So bear with me, everybody. Giovanna Archuleta, she is the Early Childhood Education and Care Department. She's Care Department Assistant Secretary to the Native American Early Childhood Education and Care. Yes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, I am so happy to have you here. Good morning, Giovanna. How are you? Good morning, everyone. Good morning. I know it's a long title. I've mastered it. <laughs> I don't know how you have because it's crazy. Um, but it's but it's a very, very uh, key position, I feel, in the cabinet here in New Mexico. So congratulations. Thank you. So just wanted to um, everybody to get introduced to Giovanna. Giovanna, you want to tell everybody about yourself and where you come from? And Sure. Sure. <laughs> Um, so I've been with the position with the department for now almost two years, and it was a position created and requested by the tribal leaders of New Mexico, and so I'm very honored that they chose me. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes I feel the position chose me um, just based on my experience and growing up, and um, so I come from the Pueblo of Nombeb. I grew up, lived there, grew up there, now I raise my children there, and we love it. And that's up in the northern area, right, of New Mexico? Yes. Like by Santa Fe? A little, like 30 minutes out of Santa Fe, um, really close to Puaque Pueblo. So mm -hmm. shout out to Puaque Pueblo. <laughs> yes. Um, and yeah, we we just built a home. Um, I am married. My husband's Gino Archuleta, and I have two children, um, a 16-year-old, Aiden, and a three-year-old Lily and I can Aww. tell you that this experience and being in this position <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean it really gives light to what I do and how I promote the work well you know just a little disclaimer I've known Giovanna for a little bit now and we met when you were working with eight northern mm -hmm. and what position did you hold there at eight northern pueblos do you well it's, <laughs> do you remember <laughs> just kidding hasn't been that long. <laughs> But it's, it's funny how I started. Like eight, at Aiden Northern, I started on the other side as a scholarship recipient, oh, as a WIA okay. employee. Yes. Now we WIOA is what it's called. And what's the acronym stand for again? Um, Workforce Investment Opportunities Act. So yes. that's where they help students who are in school and give you a stipend to have that job time learning. Right, like the experience. Like the experience. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And then eventually transferred over to become an employee of ENIPC and left ENIPC as the deputy director mm -hmm. under Gilby Hill. Oh, yes. He's still there, right? He's still there. Yeah. Actually, I just texted him yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> so now, so, so the governors appointed you in this position or they um, created this position and then... The governors requested, the governors and presidents requested this position. It was written into the Senate Bill 22 that created the department. Mm -hmm. And Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham appointed me as the Assistant Secretary for Native American Early Education and Care. Oh, see? <laughs> <laughs> Say that three times <laughs> fast. <laughs> and there's only two Assistant Secretaries in the state, so. Oh, really? You and who else? 
myself, and then there's um, Assistant Secretary Lashana So for the Public Education Department. Oh, okay. And she represents the Indian Education Division. Oh, okay. So with this position that you have, what do you what do you do? What is your scope of work or? Um, the main scope of work is that we support and have those government-to-government conversations with the tribal leaders of mm-hmm. New Mexico and ensure that they have access to early childhood programs, services, funding mm-hmm. that the department is leading. So early childhood starts from preschool or even before that? Before Can you explain that? that? Early childhood, <coughs> so our department is very focused on prenatal to three. So while baby's still in the womb, uh-huh. up until the time they get ready to enter kindergarten. So we look at the whole scope of work. We have, we oversee um, home visiting, which is a prenatal to three program. Um, we have a family's first program, which is a perinatal um, case management program where it's with moms expecting. Mm-hmm. Um, we oversee families' uh, early intervention, which works with children who are at risk of a developmental delay oh, or who okay. do have developmental delays. Mm-hmm. We oversee uh, pre-K. Mm-hmm. So that is one of the programs we took out of PED to make up our department. Oh, okay. Um, we see child care. All child care in New Mexico is overseen by our department. Whether it's native run or not? Whether it's in a native community or not? No. Just in the native communities, like all the pueblos and nations? We continue to support the tribal child care programs, but because they are, you know, those sovereign nations, they have the ability to operate and run their own um, child care programs. Mm-hmm. And they are funded through the federal. They get funding from the federal straight to the um, tribe. Uh-huh. So we just oversee the state licensed programs. Oh, Okay. And tribal programs do not have to be licensed through the state of New Mexico. So all the ones that are like in Española, Santa Fe, Albuquerque, yeah. all in the... Okay. All home, home providers, yes. Oh, wow. Yes, yes. So you're busy. Every day. <laughs> <laughs> so was there any rest for the wicked during the COVID? Did you guys... Or were you guys even more busy? Because I would assume because now you're trying to provide material and stuff to everybody. Or how did that work? Well, our, the bill was signed by Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham in 2019, which mm-hmm. created us to start July 1st of 2020. <gasps> oh, wow. In the midst of the pandemic. And I can tell you that starting up a state agency, pooling from departments, we pulled from CYFD, from PED, from Department of Health, and then working through a pandemic mm-hmm. was very hard. Um, <laughs> But we had an amazing team. Yeah. We had an amazing team. And our secretary, Secretary Elizabeth Gorginski, just, I could tell you, she was amazing in guiding us through this process. Well, that's good. So now, <clears throat> so now you've worked with 8 Northern. And then after 8 Northern, then you went to the state. Is that correct? No. So after when I was working at 8 Northern, we had an opportunity to um, look at some Kellogg funding Mm -hmm. to run a home visiting program. And at that time, Alvin Warren was our program manager. And so he gave the idea that how do you know the 8 Northern Pueblos even want home visiting? Why don't you do a study or a community asset mapping to understand really what early childhood services are in the community. Right. And the grant was, the funding was going to go through the Lano Foundation. 
And so Gil and I had some conversation and we both agreed that I would transfer to the Lano Foundation. That's right. And that's where, again, that's where all of that comes crystal clear now, the Lano Foundation. Right, right, right. And I, you know, led that work alongside with Anna Marie and RJ and <clears throat> then transferred to the state after two years working on that grant. I think we made those connections. We made our work known. Mm-hmm. And that's where my name popped up <laughs> when, the, when the position opened up. Oh, that's good. Well, I'm glad that um, you have this opportunity. And I guess, you know, again, starting off in the midst of this COVID, I'm sure it was not what you were expecting to start your career off in (laughs) and so now having said that here we are 2022 we'll kind of fast forward a little bit because there has been a lot of changes um and i just heard some more changes this morning with albuquerque public schools and how they're going to proceed with the next 14 days Mm -hmm. with no um audiences in the stands no fans in the stands so what does that mean for the state like do you all get together and talk about that or how does that all work when things when when I guess people are putting up um, different changes in in the COVID um, policies I guess well, I can tell you we work in collaboration with public education department mm-hmm. but child care cannot really shut down I mean you have families that need access to child care so they can work. So now that you said that, I do remember when it first started and a lot of the um, first responders and a lot of the medical staff, they were having to be there. Mm-hmm. W- what accommodations did you make for child care facilities so that they could take their children to be able to help the rest of us that with, were sick? With our federal relief dollars, we provided free child care. Mm-hmm. to first responders, any health um, medical representative that had to be at the facilities, uh-huh. it was free child care. Oh, okay. Well, that was good. How long did that last? Um, really the first year. I yeah. want to say the first year of the pandemic. And we continue to support with our federal relief dollars, families, yeah, and first responders. Oh, okay. So now, again, going back now, here we are in 2022, how do you see, is there light at the end of the tunnel, do you think, with the schools and the daycare? Do you see any kind of positive changes coming? Because Diego and I are always talking about this. When are we going to see light at the end of the tunnel? Oh, my God. <laughs> so I guess in, in where you're sitting at and where you're, you're looking out, how do you see 2022 coming about and we only have a few more months and then kids are out for the summer again Mm -hmm. so where do you see any of that or have you guys discussed any of that yet I think we're looking for the light at the end of the tunnel too (laughs) (laughs) Um, and when it comes to our tribal communities we don't regulate Mm -hmm. you know if they open or if they close but we want to support them when it comes to child care in the communities and in the counties Mm -hmm. We have partnered with PED to look at a test-to-stay type program initiative. Mm -hmm. So if a cohort of children and one child is exposed, then a child gets to come, a provider comes in and provides testing. Uh Uh-huh. So centers don't have to close. Oh, that's good. And they'll test and and test and test to make sure that cohort that was exposed remains negative. 
Okay. So I guess um, moving forward, because I can remember just this past school year, it was if one child in the, say, the second grade tested, then the whole second grade mm-hmm. class, all like maybe two, if they had two second grade classes, would shut down mm-hmm. and everybody would go home and then wait out the 14 days. Mm-hmm. Now we don't have to do that anymore. There's the test to stay. Oh, so good. children get tested to stay in the classroom, mm-hmm. stay learning. Parents can go to work. Right, right. It is it is a real hardship. And I, and I can only imagine what the hardship is on the kids getting pulled in and getting pulled out. Mm-hmm. And just that uncertainty and that. And there's, it wouldn't seem like there's enough, um, is it stability or structure? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm so sorry. Oh, no, you're good. That. No, you're good. Um, I just don't think that there's enough structure once you're back and forth, back and forth with the kids. And I think it disrupts their learning process. Definitely. And children, you know, early childhood, children thrive on consistency and schedules and routine. Mm-hmm. And so not having that becomes yeah. Yeah, disruptive. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I remember... Um, my uh some of my nieces and nephews they were like in the second grade and first grade and they're so excited to go to school Mm -hmm. and they're only there for like two days and then they're shut down (laughs) it's like they come home so sad and i would feel so bad for them and then they'd have to wait out and then they go back to school and maybe they were there for a whole week and then the following week the same thing shut down again so i would feel really bad for them so now you're in this position how do you work with the tribes how do you? Well, you know, being that we're a year old, we're officially a year old, we have started our communication through, you know, biweekly calls mm-hmm. with the tribal communities, reaching out to tribal ed directors. There's the Head Start Association. So we work with all the Head Start, Tribal Head Starts. Um, there's a newly established tri- Tribal Child Care Association. So we work oh, with wow. those um, child care programs. There's just a lot of communication and one-on-one to figure out, you know, what are your needs? Mm-hmm. How can mm-hmm. we support you? Because I don't think this was very, this was the way it was before. So when our early childhood lived, lived under CYFD, there wasn't that much of that connection, I mm-hmm. think. And support. And support. Yeah, right. yeah. Well, that's good. You know, I was um, just thinking about, um, you know, some of the things that have come up throughout the year. Um, with um, with the New Mexico Education Department. And now here we are with the legis- legislative session starting. So um, is there anything that you guys are looking at in the legislative session that may impact you or may not impact you or may impact the um, tribal communities with their daycares and schools? Is there anything that you can think of? No, I think what we continue to support is the governor's initiatives around the teacher pay and raising teacher salaries. And we just saw one about it's House Bill 61 to support joint powers agreements. Oh, yeah. That's going to be a big one. Between ECCD and and the tribes, public nations. And so, you know, we're just, we're learning. This is our second legislative session as a department. Yeah, what a way to learn during a pandemic <laughs> so everything that you guys all had written down that you wanted to get done gets thrown out the window because now you have to conform to a lockdown situation and 
quarantining and things yeah. being closed and it's like wow yeah it was I can tell you and we've said this in our leadership team meetings is I don't think we would have built that partnership and collaboration as fast as we did when we started the department because we had to work together every day sometimes mm-hmm. weekends late late into the night right to meet the needs of families mm-hmm. but also meet the needs of building this department right no, and that's always the challenge when you're building a new department. You know, you you pull from different departments to make up one, but how is that going to all work together? So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Giovanna, we're going to talk about some of the challenges that you see working with tribes as well as your um, colleagues in the state. Okay. Mm-hmm. Bad memory gone. But 
everybody this is liana padaka with pueblo connection and today i have giovanna archuleta she's with the new mexico state um, education department she is the assistant secretary for the native american early childhood and care department oh i got it (laughs) (laughs) i'm telling you good morning giovanna how are you good morning (laughs) and i've got diego I got Diego sitting beside me, keeping me on the straight and narrow. And again, just want to let everybody know if you're just tuning in, Diego won the DJ of the year last this past week um, at the Music Awards here. Where was it, Diego? Uh, it was actually in uh, Oke Wenge, actually oh, at the what? casino there. So it was yeah. in our uh, old stomping ground there, Giovanna. <laughs> <laughs> A great location, always, always. Thank you again. Thank yes. you. Yes. Well, congrats, congrats. So, um, when if you're just turning in, I have Giovanna Archuleta here um, with the state um, education department here in New Mexico, and she is the assistant secretary for the Native American Early Childhood and Care Department. And we're just um, kind of chit-chatting a little bit. Um, Giovanna is from the Pueblo of Nambe, and she worked. Um, she's just kind of giving us a little update on her life prior to this position. Uh, she worked for eight northern uh, Pueblos up north, as well as the Los Alamos um, National Laboratory National Laboratory Foundation. Thank you. And now we are fast-forwarding to 2022, and we're just talking about um, the different programs that Giovanna oversees there at the state, and she oversees um, the Native American, um, you know, child care um, facilities there on the Pueblos, as well as give support. And she also oversees the child care um, facilities here in New Mexico, whether it's in Albuquerque, Santa Fe, Española, Clovis, Hobbs, I'm imagining, mm-hmm. all over. So she she oversees those as well as gives support there. And this is a relatively new position. It's been, what, about a year? Almost two years? Uh, I've been in the position for two years. Yeah, for two years. So it's new. But when you got in the position, we were smack dab in the pandemic. And it was like, what the heck? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so now, um, having said that, and anytime you have anything new, it's always really hard to first and foremost get all of the different programs that you pulled from to create one mm-hmm. and have that cohesiveness. And then I and then the other portion of that is working with the state and working with tribes. It's always an outreach and education every day mm-hmm. because the state doesn't always understand tribal government mm-hmm. and tribal government is trying to tell the state what their needs are because not all one Pueblo is the same, not one all nation is the same. And we're talking about the two Apache uh, tribes as well as Navajo Nation. So there's a lot of education that needs to happen back and forth. 
And I and for me, working also with tribes and um, in the private sector, it has always been a struggle for me. Mm-hmm. And it kind of seems like you take two f- steps forward and then you take four steps back sometimes, just depending on the people in the room <laughs> and the discussion that's being had. So having said that, Giovanna, do you feel the same way or have you been able to kind of educate your um, your uh, other peers there at the state level? I think it came with some education yeah, and some fast building of relationships with the tribes, mm-hmm. pueblos and nations as well, because early on in the pandemic, we did provide um, infant wellness packages to all of the tribes, pueblos oh. and nations. What, and came, that, what were those? What were those packages? Um, these were specifically for infants because there was a lot of food going out for, for um, toddlers 1 through 18, you oh, know, just yeah. with the food programs that I just didn't want to forget our infants. And so those infant packages came with diapers and wipes oh. and books and onesies, um, a safe sleeper cradle, uh-huh. and then uh, food and formula. Oh, okay. Well, that was nice. Yeah, I mean, you, you have to... Un- I don't... I can't even imagine how many different levels this affected you know what I mean? We just think of like, you know, the families, but it was affected by everybody, mm-hmm. even even our littlest ones, mm-hmm. and and how that and it and it's still being impacted because they're not being able to be vaccinated, so we have to be very very careful with them, mm-hmm. you know, because it does affect the respiratory mm-hmm. system so bad, and it comes in as croup now is what they're saying, so it's very very um, important that we as adults, when we get to see our new babies, that we still wear a mask. And if you can get COVID tested before you go, mm-hmm. so you have a clear conscience. Because we just had a, grand, a brand new grandbaby too over the holidays. Um, and I have not been able to see Asher <laughs> because he's up north and I wanna make sure that, you know, his immune system is built up a little bit, but I get pictures every day. And I, I am taking a COVID test again to make sure that I go with a clear conscience Mm -hmm. up there to see him because, you know, these kids, they're so vulnerable, you know. So um, so going back to your um, packages and and a lot of education that you gave out, you mentioned the other um, assistant secretary. Um, Does she is she met with the same challenges as well? Does she have to do a lot of outreach and education? Because Navajo Nation is much different than the Pueblos and their government, how their government is ran. Well, I think, you know, the way we have tried to promote, you know, the vision of Governor Michelle Hungrisham of Cradle to Career, mm-hmm. myself representing early childhood, assistant secretary, so representing public education, and then the deputy, the director of Indian education at higher ed, mm-hmm. we have band together to really represent that Cradle to Career. Mm-hmm. And we all represent. I represent Northern. I'm from the Northern Pueblos. Nathan is from the Southern Pueblos. And Lashana's from Navajo Nation. Mm-hmm. And although we are missing the representation from the Apache tribes, I think that gives us a unique perspective in looking at how we work with North, South, mm-hmm. the nations and the tribes, and how we look at education from the time a baby's in the womb until they're ready to enter into college. And mm-hmm. so we really work together. Mm-hmm. 
Um, we were just, I was texting them on the way up here to say, you know, shall we do our 30 minute traditional introductions mm-hmm. with tribal leaders? Not any business, but just going in to say, this is who we are, this is who we represent. Mm-hmm. We come with those values <laughs> of our community, and I get emotional on that. Um, but just to do it in the way we were taught, you know? Yep. Yep. No, and that's what I have to do every year, too. It doesn't matter if they're the governor for the 10th year. Yeah. <laughs> I still go back in there. <laughs> and introduce. And I still introduce myself. And there's really no business that's had, like you said. It's just out of respect and, and saying, this is who I am. Because our pueblos are so small. Mm-hmm. And we all know each other. Mm-hmm. And you see one person out of place and it's like, what is she doing over here? What's he doing over here walking around? So you, I say I never want to catch tribal council or a governor off guard by them because everybody goes to them to say what's going on and you don't ever want them to be in that position you know so it is always good to go out and introduce yourself at the beginning of the year Mm -hmm. however I feel um, again this is just my take and what I've ran into and maybe you've run into the same thing working with the outside they don't understand that our um, nations and pueblos have our own form of government Mm -hmm. and we do not follow the traditional calendar and we do not follow per se what the state is doing Mm -hmm. and so that is a constant education to them that yes January 5th we all came back to work but that doesn't Mm -hmm. mean that that's what happened in Okewingi or Nambe there is a lot of traditional things that happen for the first month of January in itself that the governors are just not available for anything Mm -hmm. and so really the year doesn't start off until probably february first that first week and and even into the first part of march even so it is it's really hard for them to comprehend and i always say this to um, non-natives you don't have to understand it because how can you you've never brought up been brought up that way just have respect for it Mm -hmm. and that's what i say that's education i bring to our department is you know, come November through January, it's it's the rest period. Mm-hmm. If there's any major business, yes, we could probably reach out. But, you know, as far as consultation and going into government to government, mm-hmm. we wait. I yeah. told them, let's wait until February, maybe even March. Yeah, yeah. I agree because, um, like you said, from November till January, there's a lot of traditional things that are going on as well as the winding down Mm -hmm. of this administration in preparation for the new administration. And it does take some time. Mm -hmm. And then when the new administration comes in, then there's a whole learning, yeah, a whole learning curve there um, for the new administration and and get brought up into. And that's why it's good to go in again and introduce yourselves um, to the new administration. Because a lot of times they have questions as well. And so then you're able to you know, answer them or even give them um, a contact person and then you can move on from there. And then the second visit, it's always a good one because then you get to update them mm-hmm. and, you know, showcase mm-hmm. um, the projects that you've been working with their different program directors on. So I always enjoy that part of it. Definitely. We are, you know, between the three state agencies working on a newsletter because although we're not going to verbally talk to our leaders yet, mm-hmm. at least we can write um, that communications out to them right. prior to. Right, right. No, I get it. You know what? We've got to take a really quick break because we are at the top of the hour. So um, we're going to come right back with Giovanna Archuleta. 
Hi, everybody. Good morning. It's me, Leanna Padaka, and we are here at Pueblo Connection. I hope everybody's having a really great Monday. It's been a little bit since I've been on the air um, just due to the circumstances here in New Mexico. Unfortunately, you know, we're seeing a little surge um, because of the holidays. I'm hoping that within the next week or two, things are going to start to, um, you know, level out and people are still getting their vaccinations, their boosters, masking up, social distancing, all that good stuff. So I'm hoping that's going to happen. But anyway, I am here today and I have um, Miss Giovanna Archuleta from the state of New Mexico. She's with the uh, education department and she's the assistant secretary to the Na Native American Early Education and Care Department. Whoo, it's a mm -hmm. tongue twister there. So good morning, Giovanna. Good morning. If you all are just joining in, um, we are just kind of catching up on um, her position. Um, here at the state of New Mexico, um, we've got a, a cabinet position and um, you know, Giovanna is the assistant to the cabinet secretary there, which is huge because not a lot of, not just here in New Mexico, but there's not a lot of states that have a cabinet position for Native American issues. This is the first in the nation. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, kudos, kudos <laughs> to everybody out there. And you know, it, it is a new program and that's what we were just talking about with Giovanna. Um, it is a new program and they've pulled from a few different departments um, which, you know, needed that extra support for the Native American communities here in New Mexico, which we've got 19 Pueblos, two Apache tribes, and Navajo Nation. So just to let you know, this lady is busy. Um, they oversee a lot of programs, but what they don't oversee, because I misspoke, is the child care facilities <laughs> on the tribes. They give a tremendous amount of support, but they don't oversee it. So I, I'm sorry I misspoke on that. Um, but anyway, so we were going into how how it is every day that we have to educate the outside to our Native American communities, our governments, um, the way it's structured, as well as our programs. Mm -hmm. Because we all get our programs delivered a little differently um, and uniquely mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. So um, we were touching base on that. We're looking at some light at the end of the tunnel for 2022. What is that going to look like? And, you know, you know, Giovanna got, <laughs> she got this really position, but then it was in the pandemic. So I don't even think you've really been able to work <laughs> your full scope of work, right? Because you've been like in this other mode of, of um, this pandemic. Definitely. And we wanted to respect the leaders, the tribal leaders' position where we're in supporting their communities in the midst of that pandemic. Right. So we, um, we really took their lead and were there for whenever they had questions for us, but we didn't want to keep imposing anything on them while well, they were just trying to save their communities and, mm -hmm. and keep their communities safe. So I would say yes and no. We're, <laughs> we're slowly getting out, back out there. Um, like I said, between the other two education agencies, we made a trip a little bit around oh. the Pueblos. Um, and met with President Nez just to introduce ourselves, like I said. Yeah, yeah. And that was in the middle of, I would say, fall of 2021. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, that's good. You know, I don't know about you, but um, I did a little bit of time out doing um, some work with Navajo Nation, and I am just in awe of the land base 
it is huge mm -hmm. and they're not just like down mm -hmm. the street they're like an hour or so away and the various chapter houses that you have to go to um and like literally in the middle of nowhere that was a learning curve for me. I've really relied on um, Assistant Secretary So to educate me mm -hmm. when it comes to working with Navajo Nation. Right. And I think she leans on both Nathan and I to look at how we work with the Pueblos. <laughs> and so yeah. that's how we leverage each other and, and support each other. It is. It is. And I had to lean on um, my, my uh, um, Navajo liaison as well um, to just, I mean, I, I never even knew some of these little places existed. The only thing that I know on Navajo is Shiprock <laughs> and Tuba City. That's it. <laughs> and everything else was very small and tiny. But it was, I mean, it was a really nice trip. Mm -hmm. The landscape is, is you know, beautiful. Um, but, yeah, it is, it is a huge mass. And that's the other thing I think the outside doesn't understand. Again, for me, working with tribes, not everybody has access to Wi-Fi. Mm -mm. Not everybody has access to even a fax machine. And sometimes it's in and out. Mm -hmm. It's not very reliable. And I think um, it's just a little bit more easier at times to work with back in the Stone Age of hard copies. Mm -hmm. That's and what I always promote. And mail it out. <laughs> because you just, it it's so hard. It's still so hard with all the technology we have. And then for, I know a lot of them, it's um, the weather. Mm -hmm. When the weather is crazy, everything shuts down. It's really hard. Well, you still have, you know, grandparents raising grandchildren who may not have access or understand how right. to utilize technologies right no 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 you know you bring up a really good point because i remember at the midst of this pandemic i had a lot of um my community in the pueblo of laguna i had a lot of um of my aunties and some of their friends who were raising not just their grandchildren but in some cases their great-grandchildren and now they had head start and preschool on zoom mm -hmm. and i'm thinking and forgive me i think education is great but really that small why couldn't have we just done hard copy yeah. instead of expecting and poor things by the time they got on it it was over with so that was really a really another you know thing that was really hard <laughs> well and they're I mean, they love to be outside. I know I can speak for my Lily. She loves just to be outside. She loves to be in the dirt. She loves to be in, I give her some flour and some rice, and she she has to be very hands-on. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's how little ones learn. They're very hands-on. They're very curious. Right, right. So what? now that you said that and you have your little one, what would you um, suggest to, you know, the caregivers or even the parents that are able to stay home with their kids to kind of keep them occupied so that they don't get too bored and rambunctious? <laughs> well, I think being home with the little ones gives us an opportunity to teach um, other other teachings than, you know, everyone says the Western type right. of education. You have the opportunity to teach them to make tortillas. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. what we learned with our grandmas. Yeah. Teach them to make food. Teach them to look at the plants, our traditional plants. Mm -hmm. Like there's so many options that we could utilize. Just being home that doesn't cost right, right, very much. I remember playing with clay a lot mm -hmm. and making little potteries. 
and then they would dry yeah and they would dry and that was our our play dishes Mm -hmm. that we had i remember doing that too yeah and making tortillas it builds their mo- fine motor skills, their mm-hmm. gross motor skills, because you're having conversation right, with these right. little ones as you're cooking, as you're walking outside. That builds on there. Yeah. So I w- something just came to mind that you were talking um, again this morning in the news. Um, there's something going on with the education as far as teachers. What is that about? Can you explain that? Is it is it that they're... Um, they're promoting more teachers, right? So how is that working, that program? Well, there's a gap in teachers, a shortage in teachers, I think, across the nation. Um, and when it comes to early childhood and just understanding the pay, the mm-hmm. wages of early childhood educators, right? that makes it an undesirable um, career. Mm. And so through our department, we did a cost model to understand what is the true cost Right. To provide childcare. What is the true cost to look at um, teaching them everything in their facilities? How much does it cost for rent? And so I would love to promote that in our tribal communities. Mm-hmm. Is let's do a cost model right. Right. to see how really it costs to bring in language teachers, to mm-hmm. bring in elders to our community. Um, and that way there's not so much of a, a revenue gap in running these facilities, but also there's pay increase. Well, now you, you said that about the elders coming in and doing um, some language um, lessons. How hard is it? Because I, I remember in the past, and it's probably changed. I'm hoping it did. But <laughs> <laughs> in the past, I know that they were requesting credentialing mm-hmm. for these, and they weren't understanding that this is how we learn. Mm-hmm. And... I think the credentialing was just a little bit much. It, has that changed a little bit or? Well, language teachers get certified through public education department. Mm-hmm. Um, for early childhood, there is no certification right now. And so okay. that is another area we're looking to support mm-hmm. coming into this new department. But it's not gonna deter them where they don't wanna do it because they're gonna get overwhelmed or? No, so right now it is up the way I believe the bill runs, and I'm sorry, this I've always told everyone, this is not my area of expertise. The way the 520 alternative licensures, what it's called, is written is that tribal councils have the ability to approve mm-hmm. their language teachers. And PED just signs off on those. Oh, okay. Um, and that's a similar way we'd want to do it for early childhood. The same way, too, as well. Yes. Yeah. No, that's good. I'm glad because that is another... Thing. We, we have a lot of people that are wanting to do that, but I think that little certification was what was kind of deterring them. That mm-hmm. I think they thought it was going to be an overwhelming process, and a lot of them do it voluntarily, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I think that was something that they took into consideration. And we as a department support that. So we look at how, especially as we're going into this new legislative session, we have $1.5 million we're asking for. Mm-hmm. It's both in the executive budget and the LFC budget. Mm-hmm. It was adopted by the House Appropriations Finance Committee for $1.5 million specific to tribes. Mm-hmm. So this funding could go to support just that. Teachers who are in the classroom, elders that are in the classroom. Would that impact language. also the raises or the potential raises um, for I don't the think teachers so. or modifying their salary? 
I don't think way? so. The way we look at it is as a bilingual incentive. Oh, so giving okay. a $1,500 stipend. Um, so that would be totally different. Totally different. From, from mm-hmm. what we were just talking about mm-hmm. as far as getting um, some raises. You know what? We're going to take a really quick break. We're going to take a quick break, guys. Um, but I hope you'll enjoy this song while we're taking a break. And we'll <laughs> be back with Giovanna. I see the sunrise creeping in Everything changes like the desert wind Here she comes and then she's gone again And I'm just a traveler on this earth Showing my heart behind the pocket of my shirt I just keep rolling till I
Native Community Capital recognizes the unique challenges that hinder access to capital in tribal communities, and we understand your concerns about using traditional banks and the dangers of using predatory lenders. Let us be your trusted partner on the path to homeownership or financing your business. Visit us at nativecap.org or call us at 855-628-2272 to learn about better options for home and business financing. Native Community Capital recognizes the unique challenges that hinder access to capital in tribal communities, and we understand your concerns about using traditional banks and the dangers of using predatory lenders. Let us be your trusted partner on the path to homeownership or financing your business. Visit us at nativecap.org or call us at 855-628-2272 to learn about better options for home and business financing. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Pueblo Connection. I'm Liana Padaca, and today I've got Giovanna Archuleta with me. Hi, Giovanna. Hello. <laughs> How's everything going? I'm doing well. <sighs> it's Wednesday. Oh, my gosh. We're almost at Friday. TGIF. So if you all are just tuning in, I was talking to Giovanna, and we're just chit-chatting about um, the state of New Mexico's uh, Native American Early Childhood and Care Department, which she is the Assistant Secretary. Just wanted to let you all know here in the state of New Mexico, um, we are the only state, I believe, that has cabinet positions solely for our Native communities and and, and supporting them and um, helping them with whatever needs that they need. So hi, Giovanna. Good morning. Is it <laughs> morning still? Or is it noon? Well, I heard if you haven't had lunch, it's still morning. Okay. And I have not had lunch. So <laughs> it's still morning. Um, so Giovanna is just one of the assistant secretaries, correct, Giovanna? Yes. She's got another one. What's her name? Lashana So. Lashana So. A shout out to Lashana. So they, um, we were just talking about... Um, it is a new position, two years in, but really have been hit with this pandemic... And so they were kind of just like in survival mode and just trying to keep everybody afloat, everybody meaning the various um, caregivers um, that needed support um, and child care facilities. And those were the ones I, I believe were hit hard because of the parents mm -hmm. who are first responders and health care workers in our hospitals, clinics, and long-term care facilities um, that needed that extra support. So um, we were just talking about that and how that has, has kind of changed. Um, and we're looking for the light at the end of the tunnel. Um, and, you know, she really hasn't, her and her crew, <laughs> haven't really been able to, you know, work their position in the way that it was, you know, formed, formalized because of this pandemic. And so now here we are, and I think we're kind of trying to get into a routine of things, would you say? I with think your, we have. With your work. We definitely have. Mm -hmm. And we have the Early Childhood Statewide Strategic Plan, which we've really relied on, mm -hmm. what we developed in the midst of that pandemic. So that's that's our roadmap. Oh, that's okay. been our roadmap to go off of. And then we have our transition um, action plan, which we've gone off of. I mean, we have some plans in place. Right. That's helped. But there is that, you know. <laughs> Still working through the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. So on your strategic plan, if you can share with us, what's on there for this year? Is there anything on there that you're really excited to really get on board with or or something that you want to finish on that? 
Yeah, so it's a three-year plan mm -hmm. for the state of New Mexico, and it could be found on our website. <laughs> <laughs> but we were really intentional and specific. So goal six is dedicated just to tribal. Mm -hmm. How are we going to support the tribes, pueblos, and nations from this new department? Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the biggest areas that we heard during the needs assessment to then develop the strategic plan is facility assessments. Mm -hmm. And looking at what's available in our communities mm -hmm. for facilities for our little ones. And you know, oh. some of our communities still have very old buildings. Yes, yes. That are housing our little ones. And, and so this past November, we had a contractor go out to nine of the Pueblos. And he conducted a facility assessment oh. and looked at plans or looked at structures. Um, and his goal is to come up with phase planning. So mm -hmm. if they're looking at construction, renovation, expansion. Oh, really? He's going to provide that for them. My head started still standing. <laughs> <laughs> same place, the same slide. I know, the slide you went on, the slide <laughs> I went on. <laughs> At Okewinge, it's still there. And I, and it's so funny because you walk in and the smell, it takes you right back. And you're like, oh. <laughs> the smell of school, I remember that. Smell. Yes, yes, yes. And the wooden um, puzzles, mm -hmm. those ones, I, I love those. You can never find those anywhere. But anyway, go, go on. <laughs> well, Okewinge was one of our facility assessments that oh. the contractor went out to. And so we look forward to what comes of that. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, maybe they're looking at expansion. I'm not sure what the analysis was, but. But that's what's going on in there. Oh, nice, nice. So that's one of the things that you're looking at, one of your projects? One of the projects, we will continue into the new year with any other Pueblos, um, tribes or nations that want to have their facilities looked at. Mm -hmm. So you do have some monies for some infrastructure? There's no monies for infrastructure as of yet. Mm. But this is to help tribes, pueblos, and nations get a plan in place so that way when there is monies available, they're ready to go. They're ready to go. Oh, nice, nice, nice. Is there anything that you're ending that you're finishing? Any projects that you might be finishing? Um, I want to say we're ongoing. I mean, this plan is, like I said, we're a year old. Mm-hmm. I know. We're, we had to learn how to walk before we could crawl. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know. So finishing, I don't think so. We're, we're still ongoing. Still getting mm -hmm. things started. So you're not there yet. Well, that's good. That's good. So what have you and your family done through this two years of the pandemic? Like, who would have ever thought we would have been here? <laughs> oh, my gosh. And I hear so many times, everybody's ready to get a divorce. <laughs> Well, what <laughs> spending time so I guess for me my question to you is what did you what did you find interesting <laughs> looking at your little family meaning you and Gino and the kids when you guys were in that whole house together for days on end what did you learn about yourselves I think we learned how to keep each other occupied. <laughs> <laughs> we learned how to cook a lot. Um, like my husband and I definitely leveraged each other. Him going to get the groceries. Mm -hmm. I tried to, you know, meet the demands of this position. But, I mean, when we went into the pandemic, Lily was one. Oh, my goodness. And a one-year-old with a, you know, kind of a demanding <laughs> job was, it took a toll. Yeah. Definitely on mental health. 
Yeah, and I you hear, hear that. the stories about mothers and mental health. Yes, um, it that is was a hard, hard time. I think it is hard, and I don't think a lot of people understand um, moms. Um, it doesn't matter if you've had one or ten babies; they're all different, and they're you recuperate different. differently. And your and your your mental health really does get compromised. Mm-hmm. at times and so having all of this and there was no outlet for you like you couldn't say i'm going to this store for 10 minutes i'll be back no no that was my yeah. husband he was you know strictly being out mm-hmm. while we were home and i you know going back to mental health i think that's a big part of our department too is supporting that you know through, fa- through home visiting through families first postpartum depression is is real it is very real yes and it's lonely and it's dark, and so we we continue to look at ways to highlight it and mm-hmm. support mothers and fathers who are going through it. Right, because it does take a toll on the partner as well. Oh yeah, you know because yeah. um, he or she doesn't understand how to comfort Mm-mm. or even how to address it. Because it really does play with your mind. And if you let it, you can go really deep into there. I know I had um, some postpartum depression or baby blues, as they used to call it. There was nothing blue about it. It was like (laughs) fierce. I was like, what? (laughs) And it was after my first baby. Um, But yes, I could see how if you let yourself go in there, it's really dark Mm -hmm. and really bleak. But um. So what what types of support would you say about the mental health and postpartum from your department? Well, we really want to support infant early childhood mental health. And mm-hmm. we developed a strategic plan on how we support that in schools, home visitors as they're going into the homes and recognizing those behaviors that may be coming out. Not so much with the mother, but also, I want to say not so much in the environment, but with the child's behavior. Like, mm-hmm. how is that child reacting to what's happening in that home? Um, and so that's an area we really want to support. And look at our ICWA directors. I think our ICWA directors have so much knowledge mm-hmm. of what's going on with the families in their communities. You know, What yeah. are those behaviors? Yeah, you know, I want to take it just a little bit um, in there. And, and you can tell me if you, you can talk about it or not, but what about the mental healthiest aspect, but also the addiction to the babies that are now born during this pandemic time, to the mothers who have addiction mm-hmm. and maybe be going through withdrawals. How do How is the support there for them or is there any support there for them? There is through the Department of Health and you know through our new legislative bill or the new legislation we wanna put forward in our funding request is to look at how we support, it's called CARA. If you asked me what it meant right now, I, I couldn't give you the entire <laughs> acronym. <laughs> um, Addiction and Recovery Comprehensive Act, I believe is what it's called, or Comprehensive Addiction and Recovery Act. There you go. And that is to support those mothers that mm-hmm. give birth while addicted and come up with a plan, come up with a parenting plan, mm-hmm. whether they go and seek home visiting services, whether they go and seek family first nurses to help them mm-hmm. through that time. Right. And you know, infants, the way they have their attachments, the way they need to be nurtured, yeah, 
it's very critical in that first year of life, you know. Yeah, no, it is. And, you know, it is hard. And, you know, you hear so much of during this two-year period where a lot of um, people who not only had health issues but also had mental health issues, they had to stop their treatment, you know, because everything shut down. It wasn't because they wanted to. It was just that was yeah. the circumstances. So I can imagine now it's kind of hard for them to get back into it. And I, I can only imagine how, how, how hard it was being in the midst of all of that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, kudos to our home visitors out there who went virtual. They figured out a way to keep meeting with those families yeah. regardless if it was in person or on a Zoom. Yeah, yeah. No, that's good. That's good. You know, um, what do you... So you're so you and your family learned to cook more, <laughs> <laughs> hence the COVID nineteen, and probably count to ten a lot. <laughs> we watched a lot of Sesame Street. Um, oh no! <laughs> but it was also a time for us to just be together. Mm-hmm. Like, Lily, I was Lily's teacher. Aiden was Lily's teacher. Yeah, and Aww. so we did a lot of stuff outside. We got know a yard cleaned up (laughs) we were only in our house for really a year we had moved in and so we had time to unpack and so did you do any home or even yard remodels or renovations i think we got on that pan wagon like everyone else we did (laughs) (laughs) a patio because i mean if we were going to be home for the next two years yeah we needed some place to play and yeah oh i know I did that too. Um, I am not a painter. I do not. Now I know why painters cost and charge <laughs> they, like they do because that was for the birds. And I'll never do that again. <laughs> yeah. I will never be bored again because <laughs> I painted the whole, my whole front room and the kitchen. And I was, and I couldn't stop because, I mean, those are the two rooms everybody goes into. I was like, why didn't I start in the bathroom mm-hmm. or something? <laughs> Well, at least you got it done. Uh, yeah, I guess so. But here we still are, and nobody can come over <laughs> and see my my fruits Hard of work, my labor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, we're gonna take a real quick break, and when we come back, we're gonna wrap it up with Giovanna. <laughs> Sometimes her jacket smells like cigarettes But she hates the smoke And when I ask who she's hanging out with She says no one I would know Maybe I'm crazy, maybe I'm not Maybe she's guilty, maybe she's caught She's bringing back cheap songs Call anymore 
that little black dress Who's she wearing it for? Maybe I'm jealous with you, babe If you saw the way she ain't lurking in the heat She's bringing back cheating songs If it kind of hurt that gets you singing along Something's silken nights and silly Capital recognizes the unique challenges that hinder access to capital in tribal communities, and we understand your concerns about using traditional banks and the dangers of using predatory lenders. Let us be your trusted partner on the path to homeownership or financing your business. Visit us at nativecap.org or call us at 855-628-2272 to learn about better options for home and business financing. Como dice el sabio y conocido refrán, más vale prevenir que lamentar. Las vacunas previenen enfermedad severa y muerte a causa del COVID. Si tienes alguna pregunta o duda sobre la seguridad de las vacunas contra el COVID, habla con un doctor. Encuentra vacunas sin costo para ti en vacunas.gov. Juntos sí podemos. Pagado por el Departamento de Salud y Servicios Humanos de los Estados Unidos. Native Community Capital recognizes the unique challenges that hinder access to capital in tribal communities. And we understand your concerns about using traditional banks and the dangers of using predatory lenders. Let us be your trusted partner on the path to homeownership or financing your business. Visit us at nativecap.org or call us at 855-628-2272 to learn about better options for home and business financing. Como dice el sabio y conocido refrán, más vale prevenir que lamentar. Las vacunas contra el COVID previenen que te enfermes gravemente. Encuentra vacunas sin costo para ti en vacunas.gov. Juntos sí podemos. Pagado por el Departamento de Salud y Servicios Humanos de los Estados Unidos. 
Hi everybody, this is Leanne with Pueblo Connection. I hope everybody is enjoying their Wednesday today. I've got Diego sitting beside me, keeping me on the straight and narrow as usual. And today my guest is Giovanna Archuleta. Good morning, Giovanna. Good morning. <laughs> and Giovanna works for the State of New Mexico Education Department. She is one of the assistant secretaries to the Native American here I go again. Native American Early Education and Care Department. Huh. It is a big word, but they do a lot. So it's good. It's good. So, Giovanna, we were, if you're just, you know, just joining in, Giovanna and I were just chit-chatting here. And um, we're winding it down. Um, and we're just kind of talking about how her family kind of got through the first uh, part of the COVID. And she was talking about, number one, they had a brand new house that they got to move into built and done um, and then um, they learned to cook and they got on the bandwagon of Home Depot Express <laughs> like we all did <laughs> and we all became contractors at that point <laughs> and uh, Pinterest and TikTok was blowing up with all the DIYs that we were looking at but anyway so what was your favorite dish that you learned to cook and that your husband learned to cook and maybe even Aiden learned to cook well Aiden was taking culinary Oh, so he got to cook us. Um, I think my favorite dish from what he cooked us was minestrone soup <gasps> from scratch. He oh, made wow. his own broth. So that was our favorite. Oh, my husband. He made some really good oatmeal. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds like my Adam. But anyway, <laughs> A for effort. <laughs> it's really good. I think he put um, he puts lots of butter. So. Oh, that's the secret is butter. <laughs> And I don't know, I think me and Lily baked quite a bit. Did you do a lot of baking? I know during the COVID, um, Adam and I, we mastered uh, poker. Mm. We learned to play poker together. And um, yeah, I beat him a few times. <laughs> we played poker a lot. Not so much cooking. I, I do a majority of the cooking anyway. But um, we did a lot of, we we did poker. Oh, we, we um, put together a lot of jigsaw puzzles. Mm, yeah, we did that too. I couldn't do that. I don't have the patience for it. After like five minutes, I was like, this has to fit. <laughs> I will make it fit. So Adam's the one with all the patience for that. Um, and then, yes, I was a, I was a contractor. Mm -hmm. I was more of a program manager, I think. A program manager. <laughs> I was like, no, it goes over here, and I want this taken out, and I want that pulled out. And <laughs> we did plants. We planted. Did you do a lot of planting? Mm -hmm. Aww. Did you um, did you learn how to can or jar or anything like that? That I don't think I have the patience for. Yeah, I don't either. I'm more of a cooker. I'm not a baker. Baker is too precise. Mm -hmm. I'm more of a pinch of this and a splash of that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not a baker at all. Well, it's good science and math and oh. reading for Lily because we had to read directions. I mean, she looked at the pictures. But right, right, right. Yeah. No, I get that. Um, what did you do in those times where you needed a break? How did you how did you solve that? How did you and Gino kind of work that out? I think the only breaks we got was nighttime. <laughs> <laughs> so usually, like the way Gino and my schedule works is he'll get up early because he's an early riser. Yeah, and he'll take over time with Lily and I get to stay in bed or <laughs> he goes to bed early so I stay up late mm -hmm. with Lily and 
he gets to go to bed. So I think that helped balance a little bit right there. Our sanity and our yeah. sleep. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I did a little bit more self-care, I think. I did more. I'm not one for, like, facials or anything Me like neither. that. Me neither, no. But what are you going to do? <laughs> so I bought, I, um, we would do the grocery pickup and stuff. Mm. So I, I had gotten a couple of facial masks and stuff. So I did some of those. And they were okay. At least I can see I did them. I'm not that girly, honestly. I'm not. So, like, facials don't. I'm glad you. I'm not either. Mm-mm. Like, I know. <laughs> I did my nails and they're all peeling. Like I'm a, a oh, I know. Mine's is just is only one day. By tomorrow, <laughs> it, they'll be like all the way up to my cuticles. The nail polish will be gone. I really am a tomboy. Everybody laughs. But for me, I was telling Adam the other day, I was like, if I had to go to a meeting, I guess I'm just going in yoga pants and a sweats and maybe a baseball cap. I don't even have any more makeup. Mm. I, I think I'm like, oh. <laughs> I can tell you, you know, now that we've gone back to an office, there's days where it just, it does feel good to dress up. And, mm-hmm. But then, you know, you come home and you have dinner to do and you realize. Maybe it would have been easier to stay home. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. For us, we've got to be in the office at least once a day, a mm-hmm. week, once once a week. So I'm kind of thinking maybe Fridays. Because Friday is payday, so I can come into town and shop and then go home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, we're, we're having to just work um, one day at least. At least If we can do more, I mean, it's not, like, required, but at least one day just to kind of go in. Yeah. So that one day I used to just um, hook in my laptop and let it update on the network and stuff. So I'm ready for the rest of the mm-hmm. week, for the following week. But, yeah. What do you think you learned about yourself? about myself definitely boundaries I, I want to say and definitely point that out is I learned how to set up boundaries um, with your family with family when it comes to work mm-hmm. even you know like if now that we can go to the store he'll, <laughs> he'll say do you want to go to the store to get so, a break uh-huh. it's like yeah <laughs> <laughs> just uh-huh. the drive into Albuquerque <clears throat> was nice to like I told you listen to music that doesn't involve <laughs> ABCs and quills on the bus and that was really nice those are classics though <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> no it really is you know I have two daughters and one of them is married and um, she has kids Brianna and I tell her all the time you have to be selfish mm-hmm. and I learned that because <clears throat> growing up I didn't know that mm-hmm you know, everybody said, no, you have to do it for the kids. And da, da, da. and I get that. But if you're not all intact, they're going to get nothing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you love your kids. We all love our kids. But there's just some days where you're like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? Yeah. And that's normal. And so I tell Brianna, you know, leave the kids at home and you go to the grocery store because it's so nice to even if you wanted to aisle shop just to get away. Nobody understands that who doesn't have kids. Yeah. <laughs> the paradise it is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you get off an eight to five, it's not, oh, we get to have a break. It's You work even harder. Yeah. Until it's bedtime and everyone's bathed and mm-hmm. tucked in bed. Yeah. Yeah. I know for Brianna, poor thing. She just, she just is like, she has her house a certain way. And she called me one day and she's like, mom, when does my house ever stay clean again? I said, Probably not for another 14 years. <laughs> because I felt that way. Because you're constantly picking up. 
They're like little um, dirt devils. They're all over the place. Yeah. They're little whirlwinds, and they're leaving their little messes all behind them. So you're constantly picking up. You're yeah. constantly washing dishes. You're constantly, constantly. And so I told her not until like they're 14. <laughs> so, yeah. but I mean, I told her the cleanest house is not what your goal is at the time. No. Because you'll make yourself go crazy. No. Nobody can accomplish that. I think I'm still learning that. I'm still trying to remember that. <laughs> and now with this pandemic, I told her nobody comes over anyway. <laughs> no, usually when we do have people over, you yeah, know, when it was a little bit safe, we tell them you get the lived-in version of our house. <laughs> well, that's just it. I mean, that's just the difference. I mean, you have kids, of course. It's clean, but things are just out of place because mm-hmm. kids are kids. Mm-hmm. Well... I can I can say another thing we learned about each other during the pandemic is we learned how to help. Like we knew where one needed more help. Oh. If I had to be in a meeting, Gina would take over. Aiden would take over. Mm-hmm. There was many times Aiden would be watching her, watching Lily, while he was in school, mm-hmm. and I had to be on a meeting. So. Yeah. Well, that's good. How did you set up your boundaries? You you mentioned you set up boundaries um, with your family. Like your mom and your sister and all of them, or um, not with them, or extended family. <laughs> <laughs> not with them. My mom, she's been a saint, helping me mm-hmm. as much as she can. Mm-hmm. I think it's just understanding, like, okay, when is the time to stop working? When is the time to shift over to mm-hmm. mom? To mom, um, and then we struggled a lot with my office is right in the kitchen. Oh. And that boundary yeah. was hard to transfer from work to home. Mm-hmm. So Gino built me a nice office, and oh. now I have that boundary, you know. Yeah. That's work. And that's neat because I forever have been in my bedroom at my desk, and that's been my office. office. So I just close the bedroom door when I'm done because I'm like, ugh, I'm done. <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore. But it is hard. It is hard to get those boundaries and without feeling guilty. And you can relate back to like the little ones. I mean, they were in this home. How did they, how did you support those boundaries with the little ones too? Mm -hmm. To separate online learning from home Mm -hmm. to playground. I know it's hard. It really is. And then if you already are kind of compromised by space, it's Mm -hmm. even harder. Mm -hmm. You know, like, like Brianna, my daughter, um, I have to give her kudos. She's a really good mom. Um, But she, had a she has a she had a house on base in El Paso and there was it was like a pantry almost but it was like a huge walk-in pantry she went in and she took off some of the shelves that were at the bottom and she left the other ones that were kind of high enough for Mateo and Isabella to Mm -hmm. reach and she put all of their books up there and she put like a plastic plant and stuff up there and then she got a table and she put that in there with two chairs and that was their desks, and she put their laptops in there, and that's where they would have all of their Zoom classes, mm-hmm. and they had their little earphones in so that they could just, you know, be able to talk to each other. And um, when they were done, they closed the pantry door, and that was the end of that. Yeah, so they got that, to separate yes, those boundaries. Yes, yeah. yeah, so she was creating boundaries without even really, like, you know, really thinking about doing it. She mm-hmm. just did it on her own. And then after it's like, oh, yeah, <laughs> we have those aha moments. Like, oh, yeah, I did that. <laughs> but, yeah, I think I think all the families struggled. 
honestly through this time. There was so many different types of struggles, some much more severe than mm -hmm. others, you know, and I hope that those ones that were so severe that they got through them okay. But there was definitely challenges, I think, that have happened and that are still happening. But at least now services are a little bit more accessible mm -hmm. and you can come out of your house to get those services. Because it really, for me, I'm more of a hands-on person. Mm -hmm. Zoom does its purpose, but for training purposes or having that one-on-one, -on -one, you really need that. You Especially can't do little it over, ones. Yeah, and you can't do it over with Zoom, Zoom at all. Yeah, and little ones learn, like, you know, peer-to-peer. -peer. Mm -hmm. And just touching or, you know, picking things up or, you know what I mean, looking at something, they do. They, they're like little sponges when that happens. Yes, and that and they have that social and emotional learning that happens when mm -hmm. they're in, you know, preschool. <laughs> how you share, how you regulate yourself if you're right. having a meltdown. Right. That is very important. Right. I could. I think there's some um, adults that could have some of them. <laughs> We're going to take a really quick break. <laughs> we'll be back with Giovanna Archuleta. <laughs> you must think that I'm a fool. You must think that I'm new to this. But I have seen this all before. I'm never gonna let you close to me Even though you mean the most to me Cause every time I open up it hurts So I'm never gonna get too close to you Even when I mean the most to you In case you go and leave me in the dirt But every time you hurt me the less that I cry And every time you leave me the quicker these tears dry and every time you walk out the less I love you Baby, we don't stand a chance It's sad, but it's true I'm way too good at goodbye 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 I know you're thinking I'm heartless Thinking I'm cold I'm just protecting my innocence I'm just protecting my soul I'm never gonna let you close to me Even though you mean the most to me Cause every time I open up it hurts So I'm never gonna get too close to you even when I mean the most to you In case you go and leave me in the dirt But every time you hurt me The less that I cry And every time you leave me The quicker these tears dry And every time you walk out The less I love you Baby, we don't stand a chance It's sad, but it's true I'm way too good at goodbye
love you, I count the less I love you Baby, we don't stand a chance It's sad, but it's true I'm way too good at goodbyes KNMM Albuquerque, 1150 AM And K271 CP Albuquerque, 102.1 FM Q102 Hi, everybody. This is Leanne Apodaca with Public Connection. And if you're just tuning in, we are winding down um, the show for today. Today, I had Giovanna Archuleta on, and she's one of the assistant secretaries to the New Mexico Department of Education with our Native American Early Childhood Education and Care. Department, yes. Yes, department. Oh, <laughs> I am so sorry. But it is a very, very important position that she holds up there for all of our Native communities, her and the other secretary, and they're doing a lot of um, good support work for all of our um, education programs, not just on the on the tribes, but as well as here in the cities, um, whether it's Albuquerque, Santa Fe, Española, you know, they're, they're really out there um, giving the support that they need and we are we are done for the day it was a pleasure having you Giovanna I can't wait to have you back again because I know there's going to be some things coming up in the fall and I would love to hear it from you of what's what we can expect and again where people can look for um, some support so you have a website or anything that they could look on yeah we have www.nmececd (laughs) org. So that is our website acronym for New Mexico Early Childhood Education and Care Department. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah. So if you have any questions or, you know, you're just kind of wanting to look at what they have as far as services go and resources, Mm -hmm. please get on the website and look at it. Um, And like I said, um, everybody, please stay safe. Get your vaccinations, your boosters, six feet away, social distance, wear your masks. And just be very respectful of each other out there. So until next week, you all have a very good week and an awesome weekend. Thank you, Diego, again. And again, thank you, Giovanna. Thank you. We got Debbie Thompson, social lives and mamas from the PTA.
start a fight Cause when she hangs up on you Guess who's on the other line It's never hard to find Mr. Lonely Mr. Good Time Mr. Warning on a wall on a Saturday night When you're lonely Lying in the dark I'm the number that you know 